0: Hello and welcome to the live broadcast of Solid Steps Radio. Very good. For those listening, we've been training our audience tonight how to applaud and how not to applaud. So uh, if you're just joining us on Solid Steps Radio, thank you for listening. This is our, our second uh, tape, live taping. Uh, we are celebrating 100 episodes of Solid Steps Radio and this is actually going to be episode 101. We're taping it on a Friday evening. It's going to air and we're very excited and thankful if you've been listening to this show. Uh, We thank you for listening, those who've been listening on purpose. If you are just joining us, we are a show for men, by men, talking about things from a man's perspective. Uh, we know some of the ladies listen, they always come up and they go, I know I'm not supposed to listen, but I do. And I'm like, it's okay, you can listen to the show. We like everybody to listen. So uh, we are really appreciative of, of people listening to the show and more importantly, passing it along. Uh, my name is Chad Russell, I'm the co-host and sitting over there is Kurt Sauter of Further Still Ministries. How are you doing today, Kurt?
1: Doing fantastic. Good. Yeah, doing really good.
0: It's the first day of fall as we're taping this. Yeah. It's 113 degrees outside. Mm-hmm typical for Kentucky. So so, uh, if you're just joining us, again, we talk about all kinds of different topics. And if you want to hear any of our past shows, you can go to SoundCloud, Facebook. We talk about leadership. We've talked about race. We've talked about marriage. We talk about parenting. We talk a lot about leadership, whether it's in the business field or in your own home. So if you want to hear any of our past shows, go through. There's about 100 of them now to scroll through and to listen to. So, today's topic, Kurt, I always like to throw you off in the beginning of the show with some kind of strange question that you, you don't know the answer to. You, you like to do that, don't you? Yes. So, um, what is the number one export out of America to the rest of the world? Do you know what that might be? Well,
1: we did a farm show. Yes. A couple of weeks ago with my dad. Okay. I'm going to say corn. Okay. I, I know it's not. Uh, it's
0: not agriculture. It's machinery, believe it or not, which includes computers. I'm guessing that's you know all kinds of different gadgets and everything else. 190 billion go out every year. That's the number one export. But if depending on who you ask, if you look at the number one export collectively speaking, 632 billion dollars worth went out in 2015 of TV, radio—I mean TV, music, book publishing, and video games. So the number one export specifically is 190 billion, but 632 billion go out each year of entertainment. And I want to read to you a uh, on a website that is a government website. Go figure. This is what they say in regards to. I'm going to read this verbatim. It's got to be true, then. Yeah, if it's on the internet. So it says here, global digital trends that connect this country with the world and cements the industry, entertainment industry, as a respected leader in the creation and distribution of culture. Now I'm going to ask you this, movies, video games, books, all of those things, what kind of culture do you think is going out to the world, right? Would you say it's very deep culture or would you say it's shallow culture that's how much is going out to the world no wonder they see us the way they do so we're talking today about not entertainment but we're talking about living life of depth and going deeper and living a life of influence and we're influencing the world in the billions by entertainment but how can we live lives of
1: influence on things that matter? You know, Chad, many times, I mean, we don't wake up in the morning and go, how, how can I be a shallow Christian, you know? You know, how can I be just superficial and full of, you know, fakeness? And so we have brought in the expert. <laughs> on fakeness or on... A- <laughs> I mean, you set that up. I mean, I do. Just, I, I was waiting for the Weisenheimer comment, and so yeah, it is great to have Bob Russell with us today.
2: It is just a super treat to have you back. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, and congratulations on, what is it, 100 different shows? Yep. And I, I got to say, you guys are cutting on me, but uh, two of my favorite people sitting here, um, just uh real proud of Kurt, I've told a lot of people he was one of my favorite employees when I was pastor of Southeast Christian Church, and it's great to see uh how God has blessed you with uh Nancy and how joyful you are these days and Chad Russell uh, to overcome number one his dad <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting right over there by the way. I, I know it and i I'm, I'm crazy about the whole family but but to know that Chad came to the Lord. Later in life, and to see the way God is using your giftedness and your talent, uh, I'm just real proud of both of you guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And he's
1: had six boys now. I mean, it's just like he's got a whole infield. Well, it's and biblical.
2: Them. The Bible says go forth and multiply. And he's, <laughs> he's done that. He's obeying. Not, not
1: dividing or di- adding, multiplying, right? Okay. That's what you're yep. doing. Yep.
2: Okay, so Bob...
1: First of all, fill us in a little bit. What's, what's been going on in your world? Uh, you've been away from Southeast Christian Church for what, uh, le- 10? 11 years. 11 years. And
2: uh, So what are you doing, just playing golf every day? Well, <laughs> you know, about three months before I retired at Southeast, I happened to be a guest speaker at uh, a church in Washington, D.C., and the only person I knew remotely was the preacher. Church of about 3,000 people, and the preacher wasn't there that day. And after the second service, uh, I was, met the administrator of the church and was talking with him. And I said, I'm, I'm going to retire here in about uh, three months. He said, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm 62, almost 63. He said, well, I guess this letter is for you. And he hands me this letter. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I don't know. A woman I had never met after the first service came up to me and said that she had been awakened in the middle of the night and she had a message from the Lord. It was so strong she just had to write it down. It was for somebody who was 62 and about to retire. And he said, I don't know anybody like that. She said, well, you'll know. So he hands me this letter, and it made goosebumps come up on my arm because it said to somebody 62 about to retire, and you're thinking, ah, oh, I can relax and begin to do some things I've always wanted to do. No, I have another task for you to perform that is going to use all your giftedness and your experiences, so get ready um, uh, for the next phase of your life. And it was a signal to me that uh, the Lord wasn't finished with me. So I decided in retirement I'd, I'd better do what I could do. And I think I was in a unique position at that point to become a minister to ministers, Because of what happened at Southeast, because of my age, and because of the health that I had. So I started doing a retreat once a month for ministers. I would bring in eight different guys, and we would spend three and a half days talking about ministry. And I kind of told the Lord, I'll do this, but I don't want to recruit anybody, and I'll do it. I don't want to offer these retreats for free, but I don't want to raise money. And that's 11 years ago, I've done 80-some retreats. Uh, 600 and some ministers. I, I, I have ample money. I'm not here appealing for money because I got enough. And I have 100 guys on the waiting list. And it's just been an incredible ministry to ministers. And these guys come in, a lot of times discouraged, beat down, and we're, we call the, the uh, retreats a time of refreshing. So that's a good portion of what I do. And then these guys will email me back or text me back or I'm coming through Louisville we go out to lunch. And they invite me to come to their churches. So I am, I am preaching more now than I ever did when I was a Southeast. <laughs> I just don't have to write as many new talks. Now, <laughs> once in a while, I'll get an assignment, and they'll give me a topic, and I'll get up and say, I've never preached this sermon before under this title. Uh, because <laughs> 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 but I have really enjoyed myself. And sometimes I go to little churches. I'm going to a church of 100 this Sunday in Sadieville, Kentucky. And you know what the big issue in Sadieville Church is that it's a small country church and they sing happy birthday every Sunday to anybody who had a birthday the previous week. But two years ago I was there and they had five birthdays. But they didn't sing one birthday song to cover everybody. They sang it five different times so I give personal attention. So the big issue in Sadieville is can we begin to do just one happy birthday to cover everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Other churches may be sued. They may have pickets outside. But in Sadieville, it's should we sing one happy birthday or five? <laughs> so, I, have a, I have a really good time going to these churches. And I do leadership re- uh, conferences sometimes when I go. And uh, I, I've had a great time. I write a blog every week, too. So,
1: Fantastic. I, um, it's always good to read your stuff. It's always good to hear you. So we're gonna, today we're gonna uh, we're introducing the topic of how do we how do we as Christians not live shallow lives? How do we live with depth and influence? And uh, let, let, let me read a, a, a passage right out of Hebrews chapter five. It says, uh, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you are slow to learn. I I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a person who's slow to learn. And then it goes on and says, in fact, though, by this time you need uh, you ought to be teachers. You you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. This is kind of a, a pretty significant rebuke. Um, You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And uh, we're going to unpack that and how do we live a life of depth and influence after our break. So we're going to take a break and we appreciate you listening and we're going
0: to come back and talk to Bob Russell over the next three segments about how to live a life of impact and depth here on Solid Steps Radio. All right, we are back for our live broadcast. They're getting some. Um, so, we are here with Bob Russell today. If you're just joining us, we are talking to uh, Bob Russell, uh, and he is talking about living a life of impact and depth, going deeper. And if you have deep stains in your carpet, you should probably get a new carpet, and you need to go to Carol Rogers Carpet One. They are our sponsor of our show, and we really love Carol Rogers Carpet One and LN Credit Union. You need to pay for that carpet, so you need to go to LN Credit Union. They're a local lender we love very much and Bright Star Home Care. They're folks that help your loved ones stay in their home to live independently and to make that transition. So we want to thank Carol Rogers Carpet One, Ellen and Credit Union,
1: and Bright Star Home Care. So Bob, we're talking about how to, how to not be shallow, but what are, what are the things, as you've been pastoring for 50 years, how do we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, how do we... Avoid the traps of this world, and uh, and and just live, more, you know, a more of a shallow life. What are some of the things that you have seen over the years um, that maybe, as a pastor, you it bothers you? Your sheep, you, you see them maybe not growing as as you would like them to grow. Talk about that a little bit.
2: Well, anybody who leads in the Christian world can easily get discouraged with the. Uh, self-centeredness and the shallowness of people who have been a christian for a long time and it's kind of comforting to realize the hebrew writer dealt with the same problem or paul when he wrote to the corinthians said i couldn't write to you as spiritual i had to write to you as carnal and jesus said you know that some seed will fall on shallow soil and some seed will get choked out by the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this world. And so we shouldn't get too discouraged that not everybody deepens the way that they should. And most of us wish we were deeper than we are. So I think if you're leading in in the Christian world, don't get discouraged by that because that's been true from day one. But the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this world... Choke Mm. people out. And there's so, especially our world, it used to be you talk about people going on a retreat and having a desert day. Uh, It it used to be that that was easier to do than today. With all the technology and the opportunity to travel and entertainment at our fingertips, we are in a constant battle against the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this world. I sat behind uh, a mother and two. I'd say grade school boys in church several months ago. And you know what those two grade school boys did the entire hour? Hmm. One had an iPad and the other had uh, uh, an iPhone. And they played video games all during church. And the church service looks pretty tame, pretty boring when you can play Mm. Angry Birds the whole time. And, and I think we make a mistake in the church when we try to compete with the entertainment of the world. That uh, we say, you've got to be here this week, it's going to be the most awesome thing you've ever seen. It's going to be exciting, the preacher's going to come in on a motorcycle and the youth minister's going to come repel out of the ceiling or something. You know, <laughs> It is the most important, but it is not always the most exciting. And I think one of the first things we have to do as a church is to impress upon people that we have three things to offer that the world cannot offer you. Hmm. We offer forgiveness of your sin, we offer the hope of life after death, and we offer you a purpose for living every day. And that's the most meaningful. But if you're just wanting the excitement and the cares and the pleasures and the riches of this world, you're going to come up short. So I think we've got to be realistic in what we present. And we've got to understand some people have a very hard time overcoming the entertainment mindset of the world. So, uh, Bob,
1: those two kids sitting with their mom or dad, if you could speak into them, into those two kids and into the mom and dad, what would you say
2: to them? Well, I'd like to speak to the mother first. Uh, you know, let me let me just first of all say, it all, I'm, I'm always amazed at the power of the Bible. That those two kids can be sitting there playing Angry Birds, and there may be a verse of Scripture that they hear indirectly that settles in their heart and comes up two or three years later. Or ten years. Or ten years later. it is a, The Bible is, is powerful. But I would say to that mother, you have got to train your kids not to, to just be so enamored with the entertainment of this world. That I know it's easier for you as a mother to sit there and listen because you don't have to discipline your kids. But you're much better off teaching them to sit there and Semi-pay attention to, to discipline them because life is not all entertainment. If you could tell, what would you say to the, the, the grade school boys? What would you say to them in, a, in, in the, would you? You're asking an old man what to say to grade school <laughs> kids. We are taping this, by the way. <laughs> Just FYI. Okay, I, I, I think I, I would first of all say turn off the, the uh, apparatus and I want you to understand what's happening here and I'm going to give you a test afterward. Mm-hmm. On the way home we're going to ask some questions which I often do with my grandchildren when they're in the audience we go home from church and I did with my kids and they know there are going to be some questions on the way home and there will be some reward if you get the question but I, I can make it fun on the way home and it, it's amazing what they can recall if they're challenged a little bit. I don't think we're challenging kids enough at all and uh, i th- I think well, part of the reason that people aren't growing is the church isn't challenging people to the degree that they that they should and 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 people are hungry for the Bible and uh, uh, they don 't always identify it as that kind of hunger, but when the Bible is taught amazing things happen and and people start growing
1: well I, you know in our culture today we are I think we are longing for something more. We're longing for a greater um, purpose than just to satisfy my own self. But the world is so flavorful and so
2: uh, enamoring, and it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, well, I think we make a mistake trying to appeal just to the seeker, We think this person's coming from the world. They're going to be easily bored. They're going to be gagged with too much scripture. So we'll just try to entertain them and get a little bit of scripture in. Fred Craddock has a book called Overhearing the Gospel in which he says that people who don't know the Lord sometimes hear the gospel better if they overhear it. They don't think it's directed at them. The example that he uses is a couple having a marriage problem and they come to a, a wedding at church and the preacher's talking to the bride and groom about how, what a marriage is supposed to be, and the couple having marriage problems sitting out in the, the, the pew, oh, hears one. it better because, than they would if they were sitting across the desk because they got their defenses down. And he said, if we preach to the Christian, and we try to deepen the Christian when they come to church. The The seeker will hear it just fine, especially because the Christians are being fed and the Holy Spirit's especially at work and they get caught up in, in the atmosphere and uh, they overhear the gospel really well. Mm, that's a great example.
1: Talk to us, Bob, about, you, you mentioned scripture, you know, it's living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword, you know, it's it's God's truth, it's God's word to us and, and we can't really be a deepening Christian without the word of God. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how you have incorporated the Bible in your own life and how you've helped others incorporate the Bible in our life, personal lives so that we can grow deeper.
2: Well, uh, uh, probably I'd been preaching for three years and I took a trip to the West Coast, and I decided I'm going to go to three churches that are doing well. I was probably 26, 27 years old. And I went to uh, Charles Swindoll's church. I went to Ben Merrill's church. I went to Marvin Rickard's church. And all three of these guys were doing the same thing. They were just verse by verse going through the Bible. People had their Bibles out. They were taking notes. And I said, "I, I think that's the way we, we ought to teach the majority of time. And uh, the Bible has an amazing power to convict and to get into people's, to, into people's hearts. We are so concerned about teaching and preaching to meet people's needs, but God knows about needs that people have that we're not even aware of. Uh, I remember one of the first books I preached through was 1 Corinthians. And I came to 1 Corinthians 6 which talks about don't take your brother to court. And I thought what am I going to do with this? Well, I guess I'll t- talk about don't take your brother to court okay. and, and why we don't uh, sue each other in the church. And w- we ought to forgive. And, and today I talk about you don't take your brother to court in social media. Well, that was an okay sermon. But six months later, I discovered that two deacons in our church who had a business partnership were having a falling out, and both were threatening to sue each other. They heard that sermon. They backed off. God knew about that need. And I didn't. Now, if I'd have waited until they sued each other and then got up and said, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 6, they felt like the spotlight was on them, and it would have probably made everybody in that place uncomfortable. But I just think when we preach through a book of the Bible or through a Bible character, God meets needs we're, we're not even aware of. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. We need to take a break here, but
1: we're going to continue to talk about how do we, as Christians, how do we grow deeper in our walk with Jesus Christ?
0: So we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio.